0: This is Farmland. Coming up, Pat Deering, Fine Gael TD and Chairman of the Oireachtas Committee on Agriculture and Eddie Punch, the General Secretary of the ICSA, will be in studio to discuss Budget 2019 and its implications for farmers. Eddie Downey, the former President of the IFA, will be here to talk about the future of farm organisations and why he thinks radical reform is needed at the IFA. But first, What do farmers think about the new 20 million euro beef environmental efficiency pilot scheme that was announced in budget 2019 this week? Niall Coffey has this report.
1: The new beef environmental and efficiency pilot was announced in this week's budget. Under the scheme, farmers will receive 40 euro per suckler cow in return for weight data in order to achieve a more efficient suckler herd. In the past, schemes such as the BDGP which also strives to improve genetic merit of a herd, were heavily criticised. However, Shane and Joanne Bauer, who run a Pedigree Albrecht Herd in County Westmead, believe that the BDGP is very important.
2: We've been involved at BDGP from the beginning. Um, the package itself probably wasn't sold as well as it could have been. There was a definite lack of education around it. Um, but for us, we definitely feel that it's, it's a very positive move forward. There's a focus on efficiency, a focus on calving interval, how to produce beef as efficiently as possible.
1: The Bowers believe the new scheme will be beneficial, but farmers need to understand why they are weighing their animals and recording this data.
3: It is a help, but if people aren't going to... If they need money to make the efficiencies, they might just take the money and not do what's... to make their farm more efficient.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think for us, because we've been weighing calves from the beginning anyway, The 40 euro is like a little bonus so we're getting paid for something that we've already been doing but i think unless an education package comes with it that people understand why they're weighing their calves why there's a need to record the the birth weight of a calf and to move that on then and to get a a concept of the weight gain that's involved from birth to to weaning and whether or not that's efficient um that education package needs to be rolled out to farmers, some idea of professional development around that.
1: In recent years, industry experts have outlined that the recording of data from suckler cows and indeed their progeny will lead to a more efficient herd. By doing so, she knows the performance of his animals.
3: We definitely recommend it because you know how each cow is performing by the weight data of her calf throughout the year. So that's why we've been doing it for the last four or five years and it's it proved it's worth with us, so we just we call what isn't performing right then, and we hold on to what is.
1: Before this week's budget, there were calls for payments of €200 Euro per suckler cow. These calls were left unanswered, and Joanne is not persuaded that this was the way forward.
2: I suppose you could argue it's never enough. Uh, if, it, if it were a bigger number, one would worry that it's actually only going to create a false floor, and the inefficiencies will still exist in farming and in producing a a, a good quality animal for as little as possible.
1: An allocation of 23 million euro as part of an ANC payment for disadvantaged areas was also announced in this week's budget bringing the ANC budget back to 2008 levels. This payment will make a positive difference to Shane and Joanne's enterprise.
3: Definitely benefit our farm because we have marginal ground and you just can't make as much profit out of as you would in good land so it is needed in this type of ground anyway.
2: Yeah, every, every little helps, I yeah. suppose, but it's definitely a, a bonus that we're, we're going to be happy to receive. We're certainly not going to complain about it.
0: I'm joined now by Pat Deering, the chair of the Oroctus Committee on Agriculture, and by Eddie Punch, the general secretary of the Irish Cattle Sheep Farmers Association. Thank you both for coming in. Um, I just want to discuss the budget and to get into more detail on what's in it exactly for farmers. We had the announcement of the 20 million Euro beef environmental efficiency pilot. Um, Eddie, what is your response to that? What's in it for farmers? How how do you think it will work?
4: Okay Claire. broadly we welcome it. We in 2016 actually suggested that weighing calves would be uh, a measure that could attract more funding for farmers under the BDGP. And this is about the provision of real data that can help drive uh, better knowledge about which cows perform and which cows don't. Um, we want to, of course, have some engagement now with the department and the detail of this, because making sure that it uh, works as smoothly and as efficiently as possible for farmers is going to be critical to its success. Uh, but as a general principle, I think it's the right way to go. I think it's some extra money for suckler farmers, it's not going to make a huge difference. We still need the beef industry to uh, step up to the plate in terms of beef price. But it is, I think, a good use of you know a relatively small amount of money which will deliver some benefit to suckler uh, farmers.
0: How do you think it will work, how will it be implemented?
4: Um, well clearly it's about weighing calves and cows. Uh, some farmers have their own weighing scales, a lot don't, so here we've got to make sure that weighing scales are readily available to all the farmers who don't have them uh, without it being a cost exercise. We've got to make sure that the 40 euros goes direct to the farmers who need it because we've had too many schemes in the past where Mm -hmm. you know money leaked out of the system paying advisors and contractors and so on so we want to make this as simple and straightforward as possible that you know the farmer which 20, 30 cows gets the full benefit of the 40 euros per per calf. And that's going to involve, I think, a little bit of negotiation between the farm representatives and the department to make sure it is a streamlined system. But in general, I think, look, it's some extra money for the suckler herd, and that's okay.
0: Pat, in your position as Chair of the Oireachtas Committee on <coughs> Agriculture, you're made very aware of all the different issues affecting farmers across the country. Do you think this is a good budget for farmers?
5: Yeah, I think first of all, the actual scheme that we talk about, the beef scheme, is an acknowledgement that the uh, and the beef herd, uh, beef farmers, have been going through a difficult time in the past number of years. Uh, and in advance of the budget, there was a lot of talk about what could be done. Uh, and I welcome the fact that this particular scheme has come in now and the way it has come in. Uh, I think it is, uh, first of all, I acknowledge the fact there's been a difficulty there. But I think we have to go down or continue to go down the beef data scheme or a system whereby we get more data. And that is all about data. We hear a lot of talk about climate change and greenhouse gas emissions and so on. I think we have to continue down, down that efficiency road. Uh, and this is a prime example of how it can be done uh, weighing the calf and the cow uh, before weaning. Uh, and I think that can be done in a reasonably straightforward way. I would agree with, with Eddie that there's probably still needs to be a little bit of teasing out done uh, before we get to the actual conclusion of the uh, I suppose the logistics of how it can be operated. Uh, I could see it being a very straightforward process. Uh, in the event of some farmers, would have, some of the bigger farmers may have their own weighing scales. In the event that there is no scales available on the farm, uh, the, prop- the proposition is that uh, there would be a scales available at the local co-op where they, the farmer could get a loan of that scales, yeah, take it home with them, weigh the animal uh, and then send back in the data once that was completed. Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's an important starting point of where we go, the 40 euro Uh, will be helpful, as I say, it's an acknowledgement of difficulty in the sector. Uh, I think it's um, it's probably a realistic uh, amount of money that is available at the moment.
0: But in terms of the practicalities of it and inputting that data, how will it be monitored? How can you be sure that the data going in will be accurate, accurate or that the system wouldn't be manipulated? Anymore? Well there, there is
5: going to be, uh, my understanding is, there is going to be a farm inspection process built into the whole scheme whereby an inspector would, uh, would be available to, to uh, I suppose, inspect a certain percentage of, of people who would make the application uh, and that would obviously make sure that the thing is reasonably straightforward and it wouldn't be manipulated in any shape or form.
0: Eddie, the BDGP scheme over the last few years has been criticised in some circumstances. Uh, some farmers are are sceptical of it, on um, sceptical of the level of how it works and the level of maybe understanding on the bdgp scheme is is not it, it it's not maybe something that farmers feel very confident of um, at the moment in some parts of the country and i know in other parts it is working and farmers are happy with it but in terms of the the communication on this Is there a lot to be learned on how the BDGP scheme has been communicated to farmers and now you have this BEEP scheme coming in um, and how that's going to be communicated? Do you have concerns there on how, how farmers actually interpret the scheme and what it is and what it can do?
4: Yeah, look, everybody knows there are problems with the BDGP scheme. And I think from the outset, I would see that the problem was that it was pushed forward without adequate consultation and road testing with people who would have understood you know, the pros and cons of the scheme. There is still, I suppose, a lot of, I suppose, resentment around the fact that star ratings can go up and down and people don't understand why that is so. And I think that in the longer term, I would like to see the BDGP scheme, uh, if we're going to have it, you know, another round of it, being reformed in a significant way to take account that not everybody is looking just to produce this maternal cow. Some people are looking to breed uh, a weanling for export, and I think that should be built into the scheme. Uh, the new BEEP is about weights, so it's a simpler sell to explain what's going on here. Uh, weights are, you can't argue with weights. Everybody knows when you sell your weanling, whatever the weanling weighs has a huge impact, obviously, in the price, along with the quality, and I think that you know, there was too much focus on maternal traits under the BDGP. I'm not saying they're not relevant, but as every suckler farmer knows, when you sell your weanling, weight and quality are the real metrics to decide whether you make money or not. And I think also a lot of suckler farmers who have heavy continental cows have felt a little bit, I suppose, threatened by the BDGP scheme and yet they know that when they sell those cold cows, they make a lot of money compared to maybe lighter cows. So I think going forward, if we are to have a rerun of this scheme in the next round of cap funding, uh, we have to have much more consultation between the department, ICBF and farm representatives to represent the fact that a lot of suckler farmers have a very specific strategy for breeding uh, stock and you can't dictate to them what kind of cows they should have because people know themselves what makes the money.
0: Pat, do you want to come in on that? Because this will be bolted on, as, as Minister Krita said, to the BDGP. Um, in terms of communicating it to farmers, can you learn from, what have you learned from the communication on the BDGP? On how changes are needed on this one?
5: Yeah, I would agree with Eddie on that point. I think there just needs to be, I suppose, a communication strategy. There's no doubt that the, the previous scheme, the BDGP scheme, got off to a very rocky start, uh, and some farmers didn't get into it for for their own particular reasons. And for us, it got a very bad start, a bad name. But I do think going forward, there needs to be a selling point, more selling of it. It has a lot to offer. Uh, I do think it requires a little bit of adjustment as we go forward again, as if it is going to be part of a new rural development in the next cap. Uh, I do think there needs to be more flexibility in it uh, but there in order to have a scheme of a, a similar type scheme it's going to have to be an environmental type scheme obviously uh, and I would agree with uh, these points regards to maternals, in the, the maternal part of it that needs to be fleshed out a little bit more uh, I, I do think the biggest problem was not enough consultation there's no doubt about that and consultation is very important as we go forward with, this, with the BEEP scheme uh, I think there is a to be, be a consultation before it's actually rolled out uh, from a practical point of view uh, and I think we can learn a lot from the past a consultation was the biggest difficulty in the past and in our own committee we've had ICBF before us we had the farm organization dealing with this in a couple of occasions the last couple of years since the scheme came out uh, and we found it useful um, there is no doubt that going forward data is the name of the game if you look at the dairy sector over maybe 20 years ago they introduced the data initiatives as well and they have probably learned a lot from that in the last number of years and I firmly believe that over the next number of years the data that is collected in the Beef genomic Scheme and with the weights that are going to be introduced now in the next scheme will be hugely beneficial to the whole sector as we move forward.
0: Eddie, the, the suckler sector has been the, the major topic topic of um, concern over the last couple of months. Is the, the announcement of this scheme really sufficient enough to alleviate concerns over the future sustainability of the sector?
4: No, look, there are huge challenges ahead for the suckler uh, sector. I think we have of course to look at the fact that live exports are critical to the future of the suckler sector and whatever way you know you adjust schemes we've got a real problem that we're not selling enough live exports of, of heavy windings to Italy the Turkish market which was so much there was so much hope in this uh, earlier this year has collapsed because of political developments out there and we can't solve that easily overnight and I would say this that, from our point of view in ICSA it's not how many you know it's not whether we have a million suckler cows in ireland that's the important issue it's whether the people who are in sucklers can actually make a profit out of it and i do worry that if we have focused on maintaining numbers as being the main measure of success we're shooting ourselves in the foot because you know what is the point in having a million suckler cows and nobody making any money out of them versus having maybe seven or 800,000 suckler cows and adequate markets and adequate demand for those weanlings. So I think the focus on absolute numbers is the wrong focus. Uh, but we need to look at markets for live export markets and we also need to put more pressure on the beef industry to pay a proper rewards for heavy U-grade carcasses as well. And if we don't have those things right, there's no point in in, in Uh, I suppose, incentivizing people to keep more cows than they would otherwise do.
0: What about a premium for suckler beef?
4: We had it before and it didn't work uh, in terms of a coupled premium. But we need to look at the marketplace here. And I think there's too much focus on this two stakes for a tenner that you get in in supermarkets. The meat industry has to work hard to find real markets for these high quality U-grade cattle. And remember... When Ireland is marketing its beef, when you see Bia promotional material, you don't see uh, Holstein or Jersey Cross uh, animals on the promotional material, it's all about the animal welfare benefits of the suckler herds, the cow and the calf happy in the field grazing. And I think we need to do more in marketing that as being a premium product so that we can pay a premium price for suckler beef. And if we can't do that, then all the schemes in the world aren't going to make a difference.
0: And Pat also in the short term will this scheme benefit in the pockets of farmers?
5: It will be a help. I think the whole beef industry there's a number of different elements too have as Eddie has outlined and I think this is only one small part of it. Uh, I do think that, uh, the, as, as I said, uh, the factories have to play their part, the meat industry obviously has to play their part, I think supermarkets going forward have to play their part, uh, and I think the whole uh, trading practices around Europe, and we see uh, legislation introduced now at the moment within Europe, that has a very important part to play. I personally don't think it is strong enough. Uh, we at our committee for a number of years now, and in the previous dollar term as well, we produced a report with a number of recommendations with, with regard to having an independent arbitrator in the whole sector. I think that's something that needs to be looked at again. Uh, again, that's another part of the whole industry. Uh, the the actual efficiency in, in the whole sector is important. It's not all about, in my opinion, having a couple of payment for a particular cow, because if we have that, I think we had we down a very dangerous road before in that regard. It didn't achieve a lot of success. In the short term, in the very short term maybe, but in the long term it didn't. Uh, at the end of the day, we need more markets. We need, more, we need more cattle uh, leaving this country, going to different markets. And the live export, I think, is crucial in that regard. Uh, you know, I think we need to get wherever the markets can be found. We need to source them uh, as soon as possible. We're in a difficult situation at the moment with Turkey. That's not going to be addressed in the short term for, for obvious reasons. You know, the whole political situation there is very unstable at the moment. And that's a, diff- a disadvantage for us at the moment. So to find alternative markets is difficult. Uh, but that needs to happen in order to get a market for... The end product that we have, that is the end, that's the essential part of it all. As I say, the payment at the moment will be a help, uh, but it is only a short-term solution to the overall problem that we have.
0: And what about the just the on the monitoring and kind of the, the policing of, the, the, of this new beep scheme? If farmers are, if the data that's inputted isn't accurate or if there are discrepancies, would farmers potentially face um, a, a cut in their in their single farm payments, or? Where do you envisage that?
5: Well, I think we're going down the road a little bit further now than uh, that has been started out at the moment, and I would like to think that the new beep scheme will be reasonably straightforward. Uh, I'd like to also think that the farmers wouldn't be trying to manipulate the scheme in any shape or form. There is a, obviously a financial benefit for them by submitting the relevant data. Uh, whether I would like to think that they wouldn't be penalised in their in their single or their basic payment as a result of that, but also you know in the event that there is. Uh, false information, so I mean there has to be a penalty as well. How that will be administered, I'm not quite sure at the moment, but I'm sure that can be worked out in conjunction with the farm organisation as we move forward towards the early part of next year. And as I said at the beginning, it is intended that this scheme may be uh, is expected to be rolled out uh, in early summer next year, with payments due by this time next year, which is important.
0: Eddie there were a number of other announcements in the budget yesterday the the anc payments are back up now to the, the pre 2008 levels uh, there was announcements on stamp duty um, and what was your what was your take on the other announcements mm. for, for the sector <clears throat>
4: We welcome the return of the ANC to its original level. It's 10 years since the severe cutbacks at the time of the collapse, so it's, it's, it's high time that that uh, was brought back to its original level. And that payment is really important because that's you know, real money into the hands of disadvantaged farmers all over Ireland. Uh, so we certainly welcome that. The uh, extension of stamp duty relief, uh, the extension of stock, ju- uh, stock relief, yeah. Uh, These are important and I'm glad to see they're there for the next three years. Um, I would say then on the taxation side of it, I'm a bit disappointed that the earned income tax uh, credit has only been increased by 200 in the last two budgets because that's still a discrimination against full-time self-employed farmers and other business people as well in terms of their tax liability compared to someone who who has a PAYE income. And I think, you know, that was originally, I think, the intention was that that will be equalized in three years. But at the rate we're going now, it's going to take seven years. So I'm a bit disappointed in that. I think there's an increase as well in the the Category A uh, threshold for capital acquisitions tax of €10,000. We'd like to see that happening every year because that threshold was originally way higher. It came down very low uh, and now it's been brought back up again. It's important because you don't want to see uh, young farmers taking over a family farm. You, know, you want to minimise the risk that they're going to have a big tax liability. So I think that needs to be pushed up and maybe a little bit more ambitious in, 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 the, in the budgets to come.
0: And Pat obviously Brexit played a big role in this budget as well and um, can you give us some more detail on how it was framed uh, to to mitigate against the challenge that is Brexit coming? Yeah, I suppose there's two,
5: big, there's two big challenges going forward uh, from an agriculture sector in particular obviously Brexit has one and climate change is probably the other uh, and one of them has come in faster than the other at the moment and Brexit as we know the uncertainty around that is the big issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, another. Another low-cost interest loan has been introduced uh, for the agricultural sector, uh, and that is uh, will be done through the, I suppose, Department of uh, Business and Enterprise. Uh, the Minister uh, Heather Humphries will be highlighting that as we go forward, and that's a matter of making sure that there is the businesses, or agribusiness are Brexit-approved and ready for action in that regard. The the taxation measures that were introduced should also be help. Uh, I, I tend to agree with that as well. There is a bit more ground to go in that regard, but I think over time we will we will get there. There's one other issue that uh, I was a bit disappointed personally that wasn't introduced, uh, and uh, I think it could be very helpful for an, for the dairy sector in particular. Is the inc- another income volatility measure that was being proposed by ICOS in particular. I think there's a lot of merit in it, whereby in, in a good year you could park x amount of money into a particular account, uh, and that could be used in a bad year. Now I still think that has a lot of merit. Uh, the, the dairy sector in particular is a sector that has probably more volatility and will have more volatility um, as we go forward. Uh, it is predominantly I suppose, a dairy sector issue uh, but maybe in, in time other sectors may have the same issue but I think that is certain that could be considered again. I know I would have had a number of meetings with Pascal who about this in, in the advance of the budget uh, and it's something maybe that could be looked at again as we go forward.
0: Um, Eddie there was no increase made on carbon tax but is that something that your organisation is concerned about down the line?
4: Well there's a few issues here Claire. I think simply adding to the price of diesel makes no impact in terms of climate change. But what you are doing is uh, basically taking more money off people who have no other alternative. And in particular in rural Ireland, uh, the price of diesel is something you can do nothing about. You need diesel for agricultural uh, you know, enterprises. Uh, most people in rural areas drive diesel cars because it's the logical thing to do. And just simply increasing a carbon tax, you're pretending that you're doing something about climate change, but all you're doing is actually taking more money out of the pockets of rural people. So I think we need to look at that in a much more integrated way. And I think, you know, there's a lot can be done in terms of using more biofuels, in terms of looking at renewable energy. We've got to have practical things that give people real alternatives to simply burning fossil fuel. But just imposing an extra carbon tax, that's just a taxation measure.
0: Finally, uh, Pat, I just wanted to mention um, that the National Ploughing Championships was announced this week, that Carlo is, is uh, for the site for 2019. Were you surprised to get the confirmation? <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, I wasn't a bit Thanks for asking the question, Carol. first of all. Uh, I wasn't a bit surprised, as you know, I got my salmon to a bit of hot water in the last couple of weeks for, for welcoming people to Carlow next year. I'm delighted it's obviously coming to Carlo. Uh, I'm looking forward to welcoming everybody to Carlo next year. Uh, it's a good site, and as I said previously, a lot of work has been done on this site by a lot of people over the last period of time and I'm sure the National Plowing Association will be very happy next year. Uh, hopefully the weather will be good and people will be able to enjoy themselves when they come to Ballantrain and Fella next year.
0: Well thank you very much and thank you Eddie for joining us for our, our budget special. So next, are farm organisations still delivering for farmers? Niall Claffey has this report from Bally James Duff Mart.
3: Um, so
1: Are you a member of a farming organisation? I'm not. you know, And do you think they're good? What would you be a member of a not
3: farming organisation for?
1: They're good for nothing.
3: Yeah. What they say that the price of beef? Yeah. Huh? So you Isn't wouldn't recommend
1: been? being a, a a member of a, any organisation?
3: I don't know, but you're someone to do something for you. How is the the, the the load the, the, the cattle drops away down in price and this to me the year? And farmers, the hardship they got doing, cutting silage and everything, and they're getting it won. And they cut the prices away down.
1: Are you a member of a farming organisation? Oh, yeah, I suppose I am. Yeah, which one are you a member of? Oh, it's to be the DCMSA. Anyway. Okay. Uh, how do you think that's are they good help farmers?
3: Well, I don't know. Australia them helping them a whole pile of the present time?
2: Okay.
1: And do you find it benefits your enterprise?
4: Or oh, not a whole pile?
3: No, no.
1: Do you reckon that some things need to be changed within the farming organisations? Ah, no, sure. So there probably would. There probably would be surely plenty of things to be changed. You a member of a farming organisation? Would be. And do you think a good benefit for farmers? Who is the farm organisations? No. No. What would you like to see
3: happen? Would you like to see there been some changes? I'd like to see. Uh, I think IFA was, was stronger when they were NFA, when they blocked the roads, going to Dublin. They meant business that time. Today, no, they're weak. Are you a member of a farming
1: organisation? No. No. Do you think they're a benefit to farmers? Didn't benefit from the last. No. Are you a member of a farm, and, a, a farm organisation? The DFA. Yeah. And do you think they're good for farmers? Ah yes, Look at, see, it would be good, yeah. And when did you join? I'm with them this must be 20 years. And are they in a position to make a difference? Um. Then well, I suppose they are like they be listened to. Do you know what I mean? They have they have clout like and. Would you recommend maybe younger people to
3: get involved? It's, been it's no harm being with them anyway. Do you know what I mean? Because if you want, like you will be advised and all that. It's like it's important. I suppose to be a member with them. You know what I mean?
1: Are you a, a member of a farming organisation? No, And would you think there would be benefits, or what would be your opinion? Out of out being a member, yeah. oh, look, why wouldn't it be a benefit? Yeah. Why would it be a benefit?
3: I want to speak up for you, wouldn't
1: it? Do you think they're in a position to make a difference?
3: Oh, they'll be a help anyway, so everyone that speaks will be a help.
1: Yeah. So are you a member of a, a farming organisation? No, no, no. And do you think they're a benefit for farmers?
3: Am I mean, on this? Yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. Would you recommend people me. to get involved in them? I'd say so, yeah.
1: yeah. Do you think that they're in a position to make a difference?
3: Well, we hope so. We know what the budget today They were all talking about they were looking for this, that and the other. We know whether they got it today or not.
0: We're joined now by former president of the IFA, Eddie Downey. And we also contacted the current president of the IFA, Joe Healy, to contribute to the show. Uh, but due to prior commitments, he was unable to make it. Eddie, over the last num- the last year at this stage, there has been various calls for the 200 euro payment for the suckler sector, and Minister Creed on numerous occasions stated that it wasn't a runner, largely because of our obligations on the climate change side. And this week we saw in the budget that it it didn't it didn't happen. It was that call by farm organisations was largely ignored. Do you think that farm organisations still have the same clout today? As they had in previous decades
3: well I, I wouldn't agree with you first of all clear on the fact that it was ignored I think you know there's uh, there's 40 years there in the suckler calf or on the on the to be paid for the suckler cow that brings it up to 120 euros it's a step you know you have to build and uh, use building blocks to get further up uh, uh, move the thing forward um, it's not enough it's not enough to save the suckler sector um, which is definitely under pressure so um, you know, I think the farm organisations still have clout, They still, they still, they use their clout as best they possibly can. They're a lobby organisation. Every lobby organisation is designed to fail because you lobby. You're, you know, the reality is you don't always get the, the, everything you ask for.
0: And you say that they still have power. But yet, at a recent meeting down in Waterford last week, you clearly called for a radical reform of the IFA in particular and that you think uh, dramatic changes are needed. Why do you, why why do you have that opinion?
3: Well, that was, first of all, that was an IFA meeting. Um, secondly, um, it was a direct question from the floor. I was asked by a young farmer at what I thought of, whether I thought IFA needed to be reformed, whether I thought there should be changes in it. And yes, IFA needs radical reform. It does need to be changed. Um, I think we saw that, you know, we had a, a review done three years ago by, um, called the, the Con Lucy Report. Um, that was done by people looking backwards to where they saw the organization had been in the past. We need a review. We need, now need, and it was staff based. We now need a review, which is looking forward and it should be member based. We, we, I'm a member of IFA, we own this organization. It is our organization and it's to represent us. Therefore, it's the view of the farmer that should be represented there, or it should be organized and based that helps the farmer in the best possible way, not to protect the staff in the best possible way. So, you know, I think that's that's an area which we can, um, there needs to be massive changes there, massive. I think to represent, the, the manner in which IFA communicates, the manner in which we inter, uh, interact with, our, with the members is critically important and we're not doing, I, I believe and I'm saying we are not doing that as good as we as well as we should be doing and um, we need to embrace technology we need to embrace the smartphone we need to get the information out to people quicker and um, we need to let, demonstrate to them exactly what and how, how what we're doing for them on a daily
0: basis. Can you be more specific Eddie on the changes that you would like to see brought in you say embrace technology but can you can you be more specific on exactly where you think that um, there is room for for improvement.
3: Well, I think um, it just it just needs a shake up. It needs it needs to be operated. On a, uh, you know, we lost a lot of young staff from the organisation. Um, we need to bring new young staff into it and bring vibrancy into it on that basis. I think. Um, the guys on the on the on the ground, the regional development officers, I think they are the absolute key uh, pins of the, of IFA, and I think they're the most important people within the organisation in that they interact on a daily basis with the members and the local staff and the local officers. Absolutely crucial that they are upgraded and given more responsibility and more and and their their role is recognised better. Um, I think the idea of having meetings for the sake of meetings has to stop. I think we need to have less meetings but more focused ones. Ones that where we, um, and, and on specific subjects on a regular basis, rather than just on every subject and just uh, going on and on, um, continuously repeating the same thing over and over.
0: And Eddie, you've been involved in the IFA for the last two decades, nearly three decades, three, um, and as you say, you are an IFA member, former president of the organisation. What do you feel that, that you did to make those changes, to bring in those changes, to, to move things forward?
3: Well, I think, look, I think as, as um, president of the association, I think we were, we were in a, a pivotal position uh, right when, when uh, things went, oh, turned upside down. But uh, I think we were ready to move forward with a review of the organization. You know, when a president's in the, in the job for two years, the third and fourth year is when you can make changes. That's when you're in the position, you're in a comfortable place, a reasonably comfortable place, to move on and make those changes. I think now is a good time for IFA to make some of those changes that we had planned to put in place.
0: And is a lot of it about ensuring the sustainability of the farm orgs, and not just the IFA, but all farm organizations, to sustain, sustain them for future generations? Because as we know, the challenges facing agriculture, the challenges facing farmers are are coming thick and fast.
3: Well, I think we're we're in a huge position of change. I think we're talking about you know robots on farms milking cows, robots in fields doing the till and doing the work. Um, the technological change we're going to see over the next number of years is going to be absolutely huge, and I think the farmers. the, the Future, the young farmers coming forward, they won't interact with what we currently have as a model for farm organisations. Um, I think they they want a different type of leadership. They want to see that their uh, views are um, recognised and that their needs are put forward as uh, uh, on issues. Um, I think it's it's time that we. We just need to look at it completely different, and we also need to communicate to farmers as to what we're trying to do within those farm organisations.
0: You mentioned down in Kilmack at that IFA meeting last week about uh, discussion groups, uh, farmer discussion groups um, online and uh, different purchaser groups as well, and the, the opportunities that you see there uh, for young farmers to become more engaged. Um, is that and do you see that area as, as almost kind of a threat to the political uh, political farm lobby groups? Does, is that kind of where you see political uh, political opinions being developed at a younger um, age? Maybe
3: I, I think. Look at Claire. I, I'm all my life. I've never seen a threat. I've only seen opportunities. And the, the actual fact that farmers are going to discussion groups, they're I mean being part of discussion groups, buying groups, discussion groups, uh, selling groups. That's the area we need to go. Produ- uh, Produce our organisations. The, the fact that they're developing is good. Now that's the, uh, that's an opportunity for farm organisations to work with them and to interact with them, so that the first item on the agenda for them every time is what did the IFA, what what's the IFA doing, or what farm organisations doing for me and for us as a group, and how are they representing us. Farm org- people from those farmer organizations going in and, and discussing for maybe 15, 20 minutes with those people, with, with the discussion groups, portion group, whatever group it is, um, when they start their, their discussion. Then move on and let them go on, get on with the business. Then you're relevant to them, and we need to be, we need to be in that relevant zone
0: in the last couple of weeks we've seen that uh, another splinter group has kind of emerged from from the IFA now i know it's not largely i it's not all IFA members but they're largely IFA that's the the beef plan group um, were you surprised to to see that group emerge and what does that signal to you that there is this breakaway because obviously in your tenure as president uh the the INHFA mm-hmm. um was set up back in 2015 so so what do these breakaway groups say to you
3: well it it's it's always difficult when you're trying to manage the political system, the, poli- the politics that's within farm organization, and politics exists within IFA and all other organizations. So, you know, different people get disgruntled at different and they move in a, certain, in a different direction. The job is to try and hold them together. Um, yes, the INHFA, they got themselves set up. They're a specific group trying to represent a group of farmers in difficult circumstances. Um, I had some discu- a lot of discussions with them at the time and they decided to go in the direction they did. Fair play, off the go and do their job, and I'm happy. I have no problem with that. The the beef group at the moment, some of them are made. I know know a lot of these people very very well, and I've had a lot of discussion with them. I encouraged them to go down the road of of producer groups. Um, um when I was president of IFA, um, met with them on a number of occasions. Um. I'm not surprised that they they're, they've put forward a plan. I think that's good, and I think we need a plan going forward. But a plan from just the producer point of view is worthless unless it's a fully integrated plan. The beef industry is in trouble. The beef industry is in a difficult, very difficult place. The, the farmer is getting very, very small returns from it. Um, what we need is an integrated plan that works from the producer right through to the processor to the, to the retailer, and has to work the whole way through that system. When we were at the beef forum and um, when, when we were I part and parcel of setting that up we were very very close to having um we had chagas we had board we had icbf uh, working to give us a, a, an indicative price for the beef industry based on the markets in which we were supplying we were working hard to get that put, put in place I, we were very very close to getting it um, and then it just fell apart we need that put in place
0: and what about the farm organisation's role in that? And I know, yeah. as you said, the, um, with the budget yesterday, we did see the, the announcement of the, the beef environmental efficiency pilot scheme, 20 million in that, mm. to help um, alleviate the challenges the beef sector is facing and to also improve the genetic merit of the herd. But from a farm organisation point of view, do you think there is a strong plan in place for beef currently?
3: I think no. I think there's a there's a fear factor there of engaging with the with the meat industry. I don't. I think that has to be got rid of. I think it has to be a trust that has to be built there, and that's difficult. It's a very difficult industry to. You know, you're dealing with um, individuals, uh, um, individual companies. They're not cooperatives. <coughs> so from that point of view, it's very it's it's difficult to get cooperation between them all and trust between them all. But w- unless we get to a stage where there's a, a reasonable return to the farmer. Um, and that everybody, everybody is working to a, towards a plan where they've got the right product going out the, at, the, at the other end to the retailer. I, it's, it's going to be very hard to make it profitable. But at just one point you made there was with the, the genomic scheme and the beef genomic scheme. That's a scheme which I, I, I believe will help massively with the efficiency within the within the, within the suckler herd. Um, it needs to be developed. That doesn't necessarily mean there'll be more output, but I think it, what, it, what it means is the, the animals within it would be more efficient
0: so how about what was your view on the 200 euro per cow suckler payment do you think was that a runner in in your view
3: um it's still look there's there's more support needed there it needs to be targeted support it needs to be targeted through something to to the genomic scheme uh, in order to make it more make the industry more efficient whatever helps to make the industry more efficient is very important the the pig industry the poultry industry the dairy industry the tillage industry industry they've all engaged Genomics, you know, they've all engaged with better plant breeding, they've all engaged in this area and they're much more efficient than they were 30 years ago. The suckler herd hasn't moved dramatically in those areas. It needs to take a dramatic step forward and has to be science based.
0: Is that possible? Yes. Eddie, you also mentioned about uh, farm organisations looking to maybe other farm lobby groups around the world for, um, you know, for some inspiration. On how they can move forward. Where are you seeing uh, farm orgs that are really kind of at the at the at the top of their game at the moment, and that are, are changing, that are developing, and moving with the with the current times.
3: Um, when you go around the world and you look at, and I visit a lot of these farm organisations. When you go around the world, look when you talk to them, when you uh, look at how they're structured, um, there a lot of them have add on businesses which are bring in money for the farm organisation and, and help to fund it, but it also gives benefits to the members right down through the system. We have that to, a, to some extent in IFA, and that IFA is a purchasing group or a buying group for um, uh, ESB services, telephone services. Some people don't like that. Some people see that as a negative and think IFA is distracting themselves. That's not the case. It's, it's, just, it's a way in which IFA can become independent and can fund itself independently. That's very important that farmers support that because it will leave us independent of the levy system with the factories, which a lot of people like to criticise. The reality is the same people criticise the levy as criticise the phones. So you've got to find a way to fund an organisation. That's critically important. The organisations around the world, they used to look to IFA, they used to look to Ireland to see how we were running our operations. Now we need to go back and look at them and see what they've done and how they've run their businesses.
0: Anywhere in particular, anyone? Oh, in particular.
3: And every. You know, you just you don't take anywhere in particular when you're doing something like that. It's a research pro, pro, process. Go everywhere. Look at the Italians. Look at the Germans. Look at the the Scandinavians. The the, the NFU in, in Britain. It has a, a huge um, insurance company. The Cattlemen's Association in America. It has a huge insurance company. All of those contribute to the to the funding of the farm or, of the organisation, and that helps it to be more efficient and helps it to lobby better.
0: We saw in the VT there earlier, Eddie, that there is mixed confidence mm. when people are asked straight out yeah. um, if they believe in the in the in the ability of farm organisations to lobby on their behalf and to to achieve the results that they want. Um, would you encourage young people yourself, your own your own son? Would you would you in- encourage uh, family members or friends? Young people to get involved in IFA and and why?
3: Well, absolutely. First of all, yes, I would encourage everybody to get involved in in uh, farm organisations. I think you've got to educate yourself. There's a it's a massive opportunity to get educated to, to because there's good speakers come to meetings. Listen to them. Listen to what they're doing. Why they're saying what they're saying. Um, it's it's so easy to uh, be on the. In, in, in a mart or in wherever at the pub, a pub having given out about something, but like it's much more difficult when you get involved and try to resolve the problems. And I think that's the challenge that's there. Um, young people absolutely should get involved. They they really need this information. They've got the education from Chagas. They have got the education from the, the ag colleges. Um, but now they actually need the, the education for life as to how and why political systems up op- the political system operates. I got involved in IFA thirty years ago. I got involved because I didn't understand what APS meant, which was aids to private storage. It was a system that was a place at the time. I lost 10 cents a kilo, or a pound, sorry, on cattle at that time because I didn't sell them in time. Simply because I didn't understand the system. That was a sore, that was a sore lesson. I learned, I went, got involved in IFA and I educated myself in the process in between.
0: Um, Eddie, we've seen you speaking at a lot of events recently, uh, back out there on the on the front line. Um, is there do you have any future ambitions uh, within the IFA yourself, um, or what are your, what are your future ambitions for your place within the sector based on the based on the knowledge that you have um, honed over the last three decades?
3: Well, I have a very serious ambitions within IFA. That's to be a good, solid member of it and I intend to be a very good, solid member of it and uh, to make sure the organisation does the best it possibly can and uh, I, I will do that for whatever, you know, as a member. Um, as regards other ambitions, no, it's purely accidental. I went to Waterford, that's my wife's home uh, county. Um, I considered my second home um and there are a lot of very good friends of mine there and i just i got a phone call from the county chairman kevin kiersey a good friend and he just said listen would you do that meeting and i said yes and it's the only other meeting apart from being at my own county executives the fact that i'm here talking to you today is purely because i got asked a question by a, a young farmer about the future farmer organizations and you wanted to do an interview based on that so you know i it's not i'm just do what i do
0: Eddie, thank you very much for coming into us. We'll leave it there. That's all we have time for for this week's episode of Farmland. A big thanks to all our guests for joining us and to our sponsors Homeland. If you would like to get in touch with the Farmland or AgriLand teams, you can call us or contact us on our social media pages. We hope to see you again. Goodbye.